재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is time for David's Bookmark with David Tizard. David is an assistant professor at Seoul Women's University and is completing the research of his PhD in Korean studies at Hanyang University. Hi, David. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, listeners. It's getting cold, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be quite clever to stay warm. What do you do to stay warm? I was amazed when I first saw the... Uh, what do you call it? The under heating, the floor heating uh-huh. when I first came to Korea. Uh-huh. And before I went to bed, I would lay my socks out on the floor. <laughs> so when I woke up in the morning, I would have warm socks to put on. Okay. I yeah. thought you meant like socks, like wet socks in order to like humidify your room oh, wow. in the night. Okay. Do you ever do that? No, I don't. Um, I've okay. seen people use pine cones. Uh-huh. Pine cones? Pine cones is to take air out or to put air, but I've seen pine okay. cones. Yeah. Okay. And wet socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But- <laughs> Doesn't sound very clever thing to no. do. No. <laughs> but that's a really good idea. So you can have warm socks in the morning. It's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So what do you have for us today? Today we have a fabulous story by an author named Daniel Keyes. Mm-hmm. This is a story that first came out in the 1950s, the late 1950s, and it's entitled Flowers for Algernon. Flowers for Algernon. Flowers for Algernon, yes. We have flowers for me, flowers for you, and flowers for Algernon. It's quite an unusual name. Mm-hmm. Is Algernon the, the main character of this book? Ooh, Yes and no. Is it a loaded question? (laughs) It is a very loaded question. We're straight into the meat of it. Algernon is the name of a rat. Okay. It's a pretty good name for a rat. Mm -hmm. Normally we think, you know, a rat might be called Squeak or Pip, Mm -hmm. etc. But Mm -hmm. no, Algernon is the name of a rat. Okay, that's a very formal name for a rat. Yeah, and Sebastian the hamster and (laughs) Winston the rabbit, yes. Mm -hmm. This is Algernon the rat. Charlie is the protagonist. We're going to get to him. And this wonderful book written by Daniel Keyes uh, concerns intelligence. Intelligence of, of the animal versus humans? Mm, or broader than that, I would say okay. intelligence in general. Mm-hmm. So it gets to the essence of intelligence. The essence of intelligence and also the artificiality mm-hmm. of intelligence. Um, so... Obviously, that's been a big thing in the news recently, you know, the, the intelligence of certain people and certain <laughs> demographics <laughs> yes, and, yes. And, and so on. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie, here's a loaded question for you, a very okay. direct one. Okay. How clever are you? Well, I would like to think of myself as um, clever enough yes. for the things that I want to do in my life. So I guess, you know, relatively clever satisfied with your intelligence yes i am very satisfied with my intelligence i think i would be a little disturbed if i were smarter than i am Mm -hmm. right now because then that would lead to seeing too much or retaining too much yeah becomes that pandora's box perhaps yes yes is is it important to you intelligence Mm. in in yourself or in other people well, in myself, I think if you had asked me this question when I was in my 20s, mm. I would have said yes. Okay. Yes. But right now, I think my health and like overall like physical well-being yeah. and happiness wow. is more important. Whereas with other people, I find their intelligence very, very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to be that smart, but everybody else has to be. Surround yourself by smart mm-hmm. people. Yes. Yeah. And why be smart if you're going to be grumpy or sad? You know, Where's yeah, that's true. That? That's sure. true. You want to be, you want to surround yourself with, um, with kind, happy people. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. 
There is a term called a sapiosexual, and this is someone who is physically attracted to other people that are intelligent. Oh, like Sherlock. Like Sherlock. Sherlock is attracted to other people. No, Sherlock is the person that other people are attracted to. I get you now. Yes,、okay. yes. Yay! My students love Sherlock. Wow. Okay. Benedict Cucumberbatch,、mm-hmm. as he's very well known.、Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's very cute. Is, is he cute? He's an old man with a long face.、Okay. I, I've yet to find the appeal.、Uh, An EPD is going crazy over okay. there, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's him. People are attracted to his intelligence. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and this book really deals with that.、Um, you might have heard about the testing of animals regarding intelligence. Uh, no, I actually have not heard of. Like we're we're testing animals for intelligence now. Yes,、yeah, okay. I thought it was only cosmetics. I think we do a lot of things、okay. with animals. Okay, we're, we're <laughs> barbaric at times, barbaric.、Um, but this book it sort of focuses on how people have tested the intelligence of rats by making them run through mazes.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and and then. Toying with the maze and seeing if the rat can solve the problem. In this book, and it's labelled a science fiction book for this reason, two scientists in the 1950s have devised a way to artificially increase the IQ of rats. Oh, okay. Okay, so through、uh, implants, and that's really the only science fiction、mm-hmm. aspect of the book. But they can do it artificially.、Mm-hmm. You actually have a a clip for us today, right? Can you tell us what the clip is about, and and we'll have a listen. Sure. The clip is Daniel Keyes himself, the author, speaking at the two thousand Nebula Awards, which he won the Author Emeritus Award, and he's talking about an exchange between himself and the great Isaac Asimov、Ooh. about the origins of this book and the importance of intelligence. Okay, let's listen to this and come back to our discussion. Okay. Once.、Uh Isaac Asimov wrote me a note. You know, he had sort of praised it at the Hugo Awards and wrote that wonderful little introduction in the Hugo winners, in which he claims to have asked the muses, "You know, how did he do it? How did he do it?" And then he says, "I tugged his sleeve and said to him, 'When you find out how I did it, will you tell me? I'd like to do it again.'"、Uh, about a year later, he sent me a note. I don't know if it was a year later. It was, it was later. He wrote me a note saying, "Dan, I hope that someday you will not come to hate flowers for Algernon, because everything you write after that will be in its shadow and will be compared to it. And I don't want it to happen to you what happened to me with Nightfall.、Uh, well, it hasn't. I mean, flowers changed my life in many ways, uh, and." Uh, But I, all my life, of course, kept searching. How did I do it? How did I do it? You know. And、uh, about three months ago, I published、uh, my memoir, my autobiography. I figured nobody else was going to do it, so I better better get to work. You know. Called it Algernon Charlie and I: A Writer's Journey. And in that, you know, I, I did search for those seeds, that first moment when the first idea first occurred to me. When I was standing on the subway train in Brooklyn on my way to class at NYU pre-med, I was 17 and a half, and just hit by that thought, you know, that my education was driving a wedge between me and the people I loved. My parents were uneducated, and that's when I had that: what would happen if? What would happen if it were possible to increase human intelligence artificially in the family and friends? It's that old, the idea. That long, that many years, I struggled over it. 
That was very dark and pessimistic mm-hmm. of Asimov to to assume that this was everything else that Daniel Keyes writes from then on is going to be in the shadow of Flowers for Algernon. He was proven correct, though, because this is uh, Daniel Keyes is very self-deprecating at these awards, but he realizes that this was the book that has changed his life. This is the one that put him on the map rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the human protagonist yeah. of this book. So he was talking about um, by by him, I mean. Um, Daniel Keyes, he was talking about himself, Charlie and Algernon. Yeah. Algernon is the rat, so yeah. by default, Charlie is the human being. And he is the narrator of this book. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the narration style of this book is really what grabbed me, uh, threw me around quite a lot, because it's very unique. You read the book through a series of journal entries made by Charlie, mm-hmm. because he is essentially a test rat, He is going to be tested on and have Mm -hmm. his intelligence artificially increased by these doctors. And therefore, he's required to keep a journal, to Mm -hmm. keep a document of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And when we first meet Charlie, he is a man with an incredibly low IQ, 68. And he has a menial job where the people tease him. He works as a janitor, but he's really uh, an outcast in society. Mm -hmm. And we see the world through his eyes. And that's a a wonderful, empathetic thing that all of a sudden you're being bullied and teased. And and you can see what's happening, but you also have Charlie's intelligence. Mm -hmm. So you know it's happening, but you kind of don't also feel it. When I first started reading this... Um, I had to put it down because I thought I'd picked up the wrong book. Okay, what do you mean? Because it's written, because Charlie has an incredibly low intelligence at the start of the book, the spelling is awful. Okay. There's no punctuation. There is, uh, it just looks like gibberish almost. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to kind of work hard to understand and get in there. Once you do, and it takes a few pages, you're in Charlie's head, but the... The form exactly represents the content. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a taste of what it was like for you to read this book, like with with an excerpt? Sure, yeah, I can do that. It's an excerpt just after he's had some intelligence increased in him, and Mm -hmm. it's a gradual process. And this is after he's being taught about punctuation so he can write properly. Okay. Um, So he's learned what a comma is. I'm going to try and read it. I'll try and do it justice. It goes like this. April 6th, today I learned the comma. This is a comma, a period with a tail. Miss Kinian says it's important because it makes writing better, she said. Somebody could lose a lot of money if a comma isn't in the right place. I got some money that I saved from my job and what the foundation pays me, but not much and I don't see how a comma keeps you from losing it. But she says everybody uses commas, so I'll use them too. Comma, 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 comma. <laughs> so, in, in this excerpt, yeah. he does not use the period once. He it, has replaced all punctuation with, with commas, and yep. he's using commas after every two words. Because that's what they've taught him. They've said, okay. like, this is a comma, so you use it, and uh-huh. they haven't taught him a full stop or a period. Okay. So, he's just using the comma. He's so fascinated by it, and you can see him. Mm-hmm. And gradually, over the next week, he masters the comma. Mm-hmm. You know, you see this change in his intelligence uh, physically, through right. the writing. Right. And then about 20 days later, we get the following diary entry. What do we get? Yeah, April 26th. I know I shouldn't hang around the college when I'm through at the lab, but seeing the young men and women going back and forth carrying books and hearing them talk about all the things they're learning in their classes excites me. 
I wish I could sit and talk with them over coffee in the campus bowl luncheonette when they get together to argue about books and politics and ideas. It's exciting to hear them talking about poetry and science and philosophy, about Shakespeare and Milton, Newton and Einstein and Freud, about Plato and Hegel and Kant, and all the other names that echo like great church bells in my mind. Sometimes I listen in on the conversations at the tables around me and pretend I'm a college student, even though I'm a lot older than they are. I carry books around and I've started to smoke a pipe. It's silly, but since I belong at the lab, I feel as if I'm a part of the university. That is a dramatic change. Yeah. Not only has yeah. he um, mastered the use of commas, he right. is using apostrophes, he's yep. using periods, yep. he is using metaphors. Yeah. You know, in, in that Those part where he says, bells. yes, yeah. other names that echo like great church bells in my mind. Yeah, and he's fascinated. He wants to know more about them. He's intrigued by these great names, these names we associate with intelligence. The process is very gradual and, you know, I've given two very dramatic things only 20 days apart mm -hmm. but the whole story continues like that and when you see him master something or you see him put his mind toward it it gives you a great sense of fulfillment like this achievement you're like well done charlie yeah man you you go mm -hmm. it's fantastic mm -hmm. and uh in the clip that we listened to earlier daniel keys briefly mentioned this but the topic of um increasing intelligence artificially is something that was very dear to the author's heart right can you tell us about that yeah, it was inspired by events in his own life, starting in 1945 with one of Keyes' conflicts with his parents who were pushing him through a medical education. He wanted to be a writer, but they were pushing him into medical school, and he felt that this was driving a wedge between him and his parents. They were not as intelligent, and he thought this would push him away. Mm -hmm. And then in 1957, he was teaching English to students with learning disabilities and such forth, and one of them asked him if it would be possible to be put into a regular class if he worked hard and became smart. Mm. So that was what gave Daniel Keyes that moment on the subway in Brooklyn where he thought, well, what would happen mm -hmm. if he became smarter? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I could glean from from the excerpt, the second excerpt, 20 days later mm. excerpt that you read for us was that he was starting to see what he was missing in life. The As this progresses, this what if that we heard Daniel Keyes talk about mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic because you can't quite predict it. And I, we're highlighting what the book moves around, what if you increase the intelligence, but... Try to imagine it, and it's not quite as you might think it will be. Mm -hmm. So you are being cryptic on purpose yeah. right now. <laughs> I generally am. I generally am uh -huh. um, with these books because I want people to read them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you about the book. I want you to go and pick this up. Okay. Personally, when I read this book, somebody gave it to me, and they said, just read this. So okay. I did. I didn't read it when I was young. I read it a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and I stayed up until 4 a.m. I finished it in one sitting, mm -hmm. and when I finished... I was shaking. It sounds like an over-exaggeration, but it was actually mm -hmm. true, you know. Okay. And about two-thirds of the way through, I, this shock came over me, like this twist in the novel. This shock came over me, and I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I hadn't been moved that much by a piece of writing since I read Remains of the Day. Okay. Which is another heartbreaking thing for me to read. Okay. So you were reading this until four in the morning and you had this very, very heartbreaking yeah, twist. Yeah, I picked it up and didn't put it down. It, okay. It's a book that can do this to you. Okay. You know, it's, it's a single devouring uh, thing to ingest into you. And you'll be a better person if you read it. 
Okay, I think that last thing that you said about how like I'll be a better person if I read it, I think that's what that's what had me sold. Yeah, empathy yeah. is a wonderful thing to have. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time, but you have a song request. Can you tell us what it is? Yes, Flowers for Algernon has been made into movies and Simpsons episodes and everything, but also a musical with Michael Crawford, so the uh-huh. title track from that musical. Okay, well, thank you so much, David, for coming in today. Thank you. Goodbye, listeners. And that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to The Bookend. We'll be back next Sunday at 10. But in the meantime, The Cube is coming up next. So stay tuned and stay warm. Just give up, to just let go. Oh, no, Charlie. I reached this height, I won't descend. I'm gonna fight, I'm not your friend. I will not be what I have been, no, I'll